0: From Hollywood, it's time now for Johnny Dollar.
1: Hi, Johnny. Pat McCracken at Universal Adjustment. Hello, Pat. Listen, I have something here. I think maybe. Whoa, me...
2: oh, hold it, boy! I've already packed.
1: Huh? You are. Yep,
2: taking off in about an hour. First plane out I can get. Well,
1: how'd you know? I've been
2: planning it for months.
1: How could you? It only happened last Thursday. Pat.
2: Yeah. I'm going on a vacation far, far away to Thinking. sunny Southern California, little town of La Jolla. And to help me keep out of sight from such as you, I'm taking along all my skin-diving outfit. Bye.
1: Wait, Johnny. That's right next door. Ah, to what? The case I want you to handle for us in San Diego. Just
2: change my plans, Pat. I'm going to Florida.
1: No, listen, Johnny. There's enough commission on this case to pay for two vacations. And as long as you're going to be right there in Southern Cal anyway. Uh, Look, why don't you drop in on me before you take off? (sighs) Okay, sucker.
2: What? Just talking to myself. I'll see you. (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenditures incurred during my investigation of the Jolly Roger fraud. Expense account item one, taxi for myself and my vacation luggage to the offices of Universal Adjustment, 436 Parley Street, Hartford, in the hope I could argue both Pat McCracken and myself out of taking on the case. The last two cases I'd handled for Pat had almost cost me my life and I was beginning to be a bit superstitious about anything he had a hand in. But trying to talk oh, him down was nice, like Johnny, trying to talk know. down your mother-in-law. Maybe
1: your skin-diving trick will help you crack the case. But the main thing is you're going to California anyhow. This way, you can put your whole vacation on expense account. Pat. And, baby, if I know you, you'll run down the case in about two days, come up with a swindle sheet for a couple of weeks. Pat. This ain't nothing of the commission I mentioned over the phone. Listen, will you? You see, the Jolly Roger was insured by Southwest Maritime Insurance and Liability for 460 Gs. Bert Parker, in their San Diego office, can give you all the dope on it. Bert Parker? Sure, you remember him. Handed you the Molly Kay matter a few months ago. A very profitable case for you, wasn't it? Well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but now look. So I knew not... you will clean up on this, too. The Jolly Roger, you know, was one of the finest seagoing yachts on the West Coast. No, I didn't know, but Pat, I have got. Big, big diesel to... job, 110 feet long. Floating palace. Probably the most luxurious wooden hull job built since the. Wooden hull? 110 foot diesel job? Wooden-hull? Yeah. And that, unfortunately, is why she burned to the waterline before the weight of her engines carried her down to Davy Jones's locker. Mm. Total loss, huh? Total. Four hundred and sixty thousand bucks gone. That's too bad.
2: Well, Pat, it was nice seeing you again. Now I got to get my plane to New York to get my plane for the coast. But
1: I haven't even told you why we want you to look in on this thing, Pat. Pat, I am going to the coast on a vacation, remember? But I told you, I told Bert that you were on your way. You told what? Sure. Phoned him right after I talked to you. Well, you dog. Sure. He's promised to contact the Mexican authorities that you may need to help you and have everything... How are they involved? Oh, now look, Pat. Enough of this. I got to get. A sure, look. my car's right downstairs, and I can tell you the rest. I know. We're no, no, no. Tell it to somebody else. I'm going out there John, on a vacation. John, baby, you can't let me down on this one. Look, we haven't got any regular man out there. Only a couple of part-timers like Bert Parker, you know, sell the policies with one hand and act as adjusters with the other. I got to go. Sure. You see, uh, here I'll take that bank and this one. You see, that works out all right on small accounts, but on these big ones. Wow. What do you got in here? A case of scotch? Pat, will you shut up a minute and let me tell you... Not on your life. That'd give you a chance to change your mind about taking on the... Here. Here's the elevator. Oh, excuse me, lady. Sorry. Now, I still haven't told you why we smell something wrong in this whole case. It's simply and clearly this, John.
2: Yeah, it's simply and clearly this. The diesel yacht Jolly Roger was owned by one Paulus Zaganian, ex rum runner, ex gun runner, ex shipping magnate, suspected spy through two world wars, and generally undesirable character despite the millions he'd made. During the last war, he cleaned up by scaring some of the smaller countries into buying a lot of obsolete military equipment that was hardly fit for the scrap pile. And in more than one place around the world, there was anything but a welcome mat waiting for him. And in a lot of places, a lot of countries, the minute he landed land his seagoing palace, the gendarmes would stick to him like flies to a molasses barrel just to make sure he behaved himself. Anyhow, trying to argue with Pat was useless, so I agreed to take on the case. Expense account, items two, three, and four. $190.04, plane fares and incidentals, Hartford to New York, New York to Los Angeles, L.A. to San Diego. Or I hoped to grab a cab to La Jolla... before Bert Parker could find out I'd arrived. But I was met at the airport. But not by Bert Parker.
3: Mr. Dollar. Uh, yeah? I thought you were by the description.
2: Well, don't tell me they've got me on those wanted posters out here, too.
3: Oh, silly. I'm Jan Penny, Mr. Parker's office. You know, Southwest Insurance and Liability.
2: Hmm, maybe I ought to take the case after all.
3: I'm going to work with you on it.
2: Oh, now I'm sure I will.
3: You see, Mr. Parker's in the hospital... When he received Mr. McCracken's wire about your time of arrival, he asked me to meet you here.
2: Hospital? What's the matter with him?
3: It's supposed to have been an accident. Hit and run.
2: What do you mean, supposed to be?
3: Bert thinks they tried to run him down deliberately. Who? I think he'd better tell you about it.
2: Yeah, I think somebody better. We picked up my luggage, dropped it off at a hotel. I phoned the place I'd made a reservation in La Jolla and told them I might be a day late. And Jan, Penny, and I went on over to the Queen of Mercy Hospital to talk with Bert Parker. On doctor's orders, I went into his room alone. Bert looked terrible.
4: So, so glad you couldn't make it, Johnny.
2: Are you sure you want to be trying to talk, Bert? Look, why don't we forget I it have now? I to man?
4: talk. Well, well, I can, Johnny. They tried to kid me, Tell me I'll be out of here in a couple of days. a <laughs> line, I saw the chart... Internal, internal bleeding.
2: Hey, Bert, Bert, take it easy, will you? Look, the doc said you have to take it easy. Why can't your gal Jan tell me all I need to know on the case?
4: She can't accept this. It's getting run down.
2: Yeah, she said she thought it wasn't an accident.
4: She thinks? I know. Yeah? Phone calls, threatening phone calls. Threatening? About what, Bert? Because... Because of holding up on this claim. Somehow somebody found out. I'd, I called Hartford. Asked for investigation. Who? <laughs> then denies that he... The owner of the Johnny Roger? Yeah. Denies knowing anything about the cause, but, but they weren't kidding Johnny. That's why I'm here. Then they probably know
2: I was asking about you. Johnny... Yeah.
4: Johnny better go back. Drop this one. Oh, Bert. If they do know, if they know you're here, they may try, may try to... Johnny. Yeah. Hurt. Hurt, Johnny. Nurse.
5: Nurse.
2: Three hours later, while Jan Penny and I paced the corridor, Bert Parker died. The only thing I'd learned from him was that I'd better be careful. Mighty careful. I took Jan Penny to the roughest, toughest dive I could find, Ray Kemper's Cat Club, in the hope we could both drown a sorrow or two.
3: Why, Johnny? Why did it have to be Bert?
2: You liked him, didn't you?
3: I loved him. I loved Bert. No, he's... Let's have another drink.
2: Hey, Jan, don't you think maybe... Waiter! Waiter, two more.
3: I know. This is no way to face it, Johnny. It's all right, Jan. I came out here like everybody does. Every young female kid who's been told she's prettier than the rest. You know, get the movies, Hollywood glamour, all mm. that stuff. Yeah, I know. But it was rough. It was too rough. And I couldn't play the game they seemed to want to play out here. And I was all set to go back to the farm country and settle down to the same dull. But then I met Bert... Instead of giving me just a lot of fast talk, he he said he wanted to help me. He did, Johnny. He really did. Took me into his office here in San Diego. And we made this office, Johnny. We did. And he still didn't try to make any advances because he knew I wouldn't want that. But what he didn't know was that I loved him for it. That I loved him. Now he's gone.
2: Hey, look, Chan. There's nothing we can do about it except try to finish the job he started on the case that, well, that put us here drinking too much and trying not to think of him and thinking of nothing else but him. Oh, thanks, buddy. Here, keep the change.
3: Johnny? Yeah? You're like Bert. You're straight. I'm glad. Easy, gal. Maybe you didn't know him as well as I did. But you cared about him enough to, well, to do this, and I... Jan, Jan,
4: take
3: it easy. Listen, Jan. Yes?
2: Grab your coat. I'm taking you home.
3: I'm all right. Really, I am.
2: You've got a double job to do tomorrow, his as well as yours.
3: How can you talk? I know,
2: I know. I'm out here. I'm out here to knock off the Jolly Roger, make sure the payment of the claim is okay. At least that's why I came out here.
3: Well, then how... how now
2: I've also got to find out who... Bert? Yeah, and I'm going to need your help.
3: All right, Johnny.
2: Come on, Jan, grab your coat. I took her home to her little apartment on East Drive. I didn't go up for the usual nightcap because I didn't want to. And I knew Jan didn't want me to. I dropped into police headquarters, homicide first, and then traffic detail to see if they'd been able to dig up anything on the headrun run driver who'd killed Bert. Nothing. Apparently, the threat he'd received just before the so-called accident was something that only he and Jan had known about. The expense account? Oh, I don't know. Call it ten bucks. A couple of cabs, a couple of drinks, or maybe six or eight, or... Oh, I'm kind of tired tonight. Bert was a nice guy. Jan's a nice girl. In the morning, I'll call the hotel in La Jolla and delay my reservation there another day. Meantime, I'll get some sleep, I guess. (laughs) Maybe I'll even cook me up a dream or two about skin diving and sunning on the rocks at La Jolla after all this whole rotten case is cleared up. Get myself a good winter tan to take the place of this high eastern pallor I've been trying to get... Oh. Hello. Hello. Johnny. Hello. Johnny,
3: listen.
2: Hello, I can't... Jan?
3: Yes, Johnny. Listen to me. Yeah. We, we must have been followed tonight.
2: Huh? Jan.
3: I, I got a phone call, just a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, a man, he threatened me. What do you mean
2: he threatened you? How? Who was it?
3: I don't know. He said, if I help you, yeah, there'll be another accident to me. Jan. And to you. And to you. Listen, Jan. Oh, Johnny, I'm afraid.
0: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? Well, it may sound corny,
2: but where there's smoke, there's fire. Join us, won't you? Yours truly,
0: Johnny Dollar. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise.
4: What a wonderful day!
0: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Deller.
3: Johnny, this is Jan. Yes, Jan. A minute ago after you left me here at my apartment... I got a phone call. Yeah? A threat. If I help you on this case, there'll be another accident. Huh? Like the one that happened to Bert. Fatal. To me. Jan. To you. Oh, Johnny, I'm afraid.
0: Stay right where you are. I'm on my way over. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: <laughs> expense accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, attention Patrick McCracken. Pat, I'm addressing this to you instead of to the Southwestern Maritime Insurance and Liability because Southwestern's sole representative here in San Diego, California, Bert Parker, died yesterday in the hospital, presumably of an accident. But I don't believe it. I think it's because he knew too much about this case. The Jolly Roger fraud. Item 6270, cab fare and tip. From my hotel to the little apartment of Jan Penny, who had been Bert Parker's secretary before he was killed. Johnny Dollar, are you all right?
3: Come in, Johnny, quick. Oh, I'm scared. Easy now.
2: Who was it threatened you over the phone? Did you recognize the voice? Uh, yes. Well, who was it?
3: I, I don't know. Huh? It was the same voice that called Bert at the office and warned him before he was run down by that car and killed.
2: But you don't know who it was?
3: No. Oh, Johnny, I'm so scared. Please hold me. In. all right. All no. right. I don't mean that. It sounds like I'm trying to... It's
2: okay, Jan. It's okay. Just take it easy. Here we are. Come on. Sit down. down. Here. Have a cigarette.
3: Sorry. I'm sorry, Johnny. I guess it's just been too much for a gal. Yeah, sure. I don't Mm -hmm. doubt it.
2: I thought when I bought you a few drinks tonight, you'd be able to come back here and sleep and forget what's happened. Forget about Bert being killed.
3: It's because he held up the claim on the Jolly Roger, because he sent for you. That's why they're threatening you, too. Oh, Johnny, be careful.
2: And you have no idea who they is? Of
3: course I do. The same idea you have. The man who owned the Jolly Roger before she burned and sank. Paula Zanagian.
2: Just how much do you know about Zanagian?
3: Only what Bert told me. He was an international crook, gunrunner, spy, shipping magnate, international troublemaker.
2: Yeah, yeah, and just about as welcome in any decent country of this world as the plague. Bert
3: didn't want to insure the Jolly Roger.
2: Certainly an appropriate name, all right. If ever there was an international pirate... but go on, Jen.
3: Bert didn't want to insure it. $460,000, wooden hull and all, but he had to. Southwestern is a small company, Johnny, and the premium, two years premium in advance, was too much to turn down.
2: So that was the clincher.
3: Yes, Bert needed it so much.
2: But then it burned and sank. Yes.
3: When they submitted the claim, Zanagium himself. Oh? Yes, Johnny. It was Paula Zanagium himself who bought the policy, and he made the claim. Demanded immediate payment. But when Bert decided to hold up until you could come out here and investigate...
2: The warnings and the so-called accident that killed him.
3: Yes. Now they're warning me. You. Johnny, why don't you give this up?
2: Where's Zanigian now?
3: Here in San Diego at the Larchmont.
2: And you're sure it wasn't he who called you tonight who called Bert and warned him?
3: I'm sure I would have known his voice, his accent. But, Johnny, I'm frightened. All right, I...
2: now, look, look. Go on in there, into your bedroom and sleep. No, no, Take oh, a sleeping no, I... pill, whatever you like, but get some sleep. Look, there's nothing we can do tonight, and there'll be plenty for us to do tomorrow.
3: But after that phone call, I'll I...
2: I'll stay right here on the sofa. And look, I've got this. Oh. Have you any kind of a gun?
3: No, Johnny. Well,
2: now, go on in there, lock your windows, close the drapes, and get some sleep. That's orders. All right.
3: Good night, Johnny. I
2: hope Jan slept better than I did. Expense account item seven ninety cents. Taxi to police headquarters. First thing in the morning. I spent a solid hour talking with Detective Sergeant Joe Franklin. Yes, they were working on the hit run death of Bert Parker. No, they hadn't come up with any leads. All he knew was that Bert had left his office late, was shortcutting his way through an alley to where his car was parked, had been knocked down when he reached the end of the alley. No witness, no tar marks, nothing. They'd questioned Jan Penny about possible enemies and come up with the same answers I did, but no evidence. Item 8: Taxi to the Larchmont, where the desk clerk announced my arrival to the penthouse suite.
6: Come in, come in, sir. I've been waiting for you to call on me.
2: Mr. Zanigian.
6: Ah, terribly distressing news about your colleague, Mr. Parker. I feel... Oh, sit down, sit down, won't you? Thanks. (laughs) Tell me, sir, have the police found any clue as to who ran down and killed the poor man? Oh, you know that he died last night? Oh, yes, of course, within a few minutes of when it happened. But was Sergeant Franklin able to give you no inkling of who might have done it? Oh, do not look surprised, my boy. I not only know of your visit to police headquarters this morning, but of everything else you have done since your arrival here in San Diego. Well, that's very interesting, Mr. Zanigan. <laughs> yes, isn't it is indeed. But I, I, I'm sure the reason for it is very obvious. Is it? Of course, my friend, of course. I am depending on you to see that prompt payment of my insurance on the Jolly Roger is made. After all, that is the only reason for your being sent here. And therefore, you that? I feel it my obligation to see that nothing happens to you, that you are given, shall we say, adequate protection during the time you are here acting in my behalf. Mr. Zanagian, before
2: that you That is any- why
6: I have made a trusted man responsible for watching over you at all times during your stay. Uh-huh. I suppose that's just a polite way of
2: saying that you've had somebody taming me since I got here.
6: Oh, oh, by the way, a lovely girl, Miss Penny, isn't she? And she was so devoted to Mr. Parker. Terrible shock to her, his death. Uh, Your solicitude to her is to be highly commended. You really keep tabs on things, don't you? But now, let us get down to the business at hand. Yeah, let's. The loss of the Jolly Roger came at a most inopportune moment. My crew were testing some new equipment in preparation for a somewhat lengthy trip abroad. When the accident occurred, they sent her to the bottom out near the Coronado Islands. Just what kind of an accident was it? What? Oh, oh, forgive me, dear man. I forget you have not yet contacted the Coast Guard for the details of the whole affair. That's
2: right, but how But you... I am
6: certain you will. So why should I bore you with information you will only have to hear all over again from them? Suffice it to say, dear sir, that the loss of my beautiful yacht was due to some mechanical failure, so to speak. Uh, Something with the electrical system, I believe it was. Yes, I do. But uh, my point to you is simply that I must have settlement of my claim without delay, so that I can leave the United States as soon as possible. For where? Do you mind? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course I don't mind. But why bore you with my personal affairs? So urgent is my need for immediate settlement that I can only remind you that I am a most generous person, which is to say, I can assure you of ample reward for anything you may do to expedite payment to me... Now, just hold on a minute. I'm sorry, my dear sir. Oh, dear me, I'm sorry. I seem to monopolize the conversation, haven't I? Mr. Zanagian,
2: let's stop beating around the bush. An insurance claim for $460,000 is investigated in any event... Bert Parker seemed to think there was something wrong with this claim. He said so, and apparently it cost him his life. The same threats that were made to him have been passed on to his secretary, Jan Penny, and to me. And if that doesn't make the whole case smell to high oh, heaven... Oh, my dear all right, sir. All right, now. Now you're trying to bribe me to make a quick settlement. So, mister, if I weren't suspicious of the whole thing before, you can believe me I am now. Oh, my dear. Why man. anyone with your reputation for millions should be in such a hurry to get his hands on a few hundred thousand, I don't know. But if I were you, I'd sit back very quietly and prepare for a long wait to see if you get
6: it at all. Oh. How unfortunate this attitude for you. that a threat? No, 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 dear boy, not at all. I I am simply thinking of how much easier it could be for you. And, of course, profitable. Uh, perhaps you will change your mind. Not a chance. Uh, then, sir since settlement of my claim seems to rest entirely on your shoulders at the moment, and since someone, I can't imagine who, has seen fit to threaten you. And please, don't forget that, dear boy. Mr. Zanagian. Yes?
2: I don't scare easy. It was pretty obvious that Paula Zanagian was used to having his own way, would stop at nothing to get it. Bert Parker had been right. I'd have to watch my step. I checked with Jan and grabbed a taxi to pay a visit to the Coast Guard. Lieutenant John Smith, believe it or not. You can take your choice, Dollar. Read the report on the burning and singing of the Jolly Roger here or the copy I let Bert Parker have. I take it you talked to him. Parker's dead. What? Yeah, hit and run. After he received a couple of threats to lay off this case. You locked up Zanagian yet? On what charges? Well, who else? That's a lot to go on. If he didn't sink that boat himself, I'm a wall-eyed monkey. You find out anything to back that up?
5: No, not a thing. The Jolly Roger sank in about as bad a spot out there as could have been picked. It's deep, bad current, dirty water from onshore silt.
2: We tried to send on divers, got nowhere. Hey, wait. I thought she went down in Mexican waters, off the Coronados. Yeah, she did, but we supplied the divers or tried to. International cooperation, that sort of stuff. But we got nowhere. How'd you find out about it in the first place? One of our planes on routine patrol saw the puff from the explosion out over the water... By the time it actually got there, the hull was nothing but a mass of flames. Sank 10, 15 minutes later. What about the crew? The crew were lost, except for one kid, a cabin boy. Yeah? Where's he? Mexican fishing boat out of Rosarito picked him up. He was in bad shape. The explosion had blown him clear, and he's in the hospital in Tijuana. Well, look, wait. Hasn't anybody talked to him? He was too badly hurt at first. But I spoke with the hospital just before you got here, and they think he might be able to talk by sometime this afternoon. What are we waiting for? Come on, let's get down there. I can't until later. Uh, look, if you got a car, you want mine. Well, sure, let's go. How far is it? Even within the speed limit you can make in a half hour. Out this way. The car's out in the the back. Hey, look, you're mighty generous, Smith. I'll try to make this up to you somehow. Forget it.
5: I'd like to see you get the goods on Zanagan just as much as you would. I didn't like having him come into port here in the first place. And then when I learned that both Holland and Switzerland had tied up all of his funds... They
2: what? Sure... Early last week's papers. That's why he needs some money.
5: Uh, here's my car. And if you can learn anything down there, if I can be of any help, I'm on pretty good terms with it. Hey, Dollar.
6: That's oh, many. Mr. Dollar.
2: Oh, about that.
6: My car and excellent chauffeur Artis here would have got you to Tijuana much more rapidly and comfortably than you might drive, I am hey, sure. Now, wait, wait, just a minute. What Which made is you why of... I came to meet you here. I knew you'd want to talk with the cabin boy who survived the accident to my ill-fated Jolly Roger. Oh, you did? Yes. However, I fear it is too late. What do you mean? As I was leaving my hotel, I heard from one of my, shall we say, associates. He informed me that he had just learned from one of his, uh, shall we say, contacts in Tijuana. Well. Uh, Alas, the poor cabin boy died only a few minutes ago. Pity, sir, isn't it?
0: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a dead man talks. And what he has to say isn't very pleasant, for it all adds up to
2: just one more good, solid thread on the life of yours truly, Johnny
0: Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for. Johnny Dollar. I have your call to the Corazon de los
2: Angeles Hospital in Tijuana, Mexico. Good, operator. One moment. Hello?
4: Oh, this is Dr. Fernando Hernandez.
2: I'm Johnny Dollar, investigating the wreck of the yacht the Jolly Roger. The only survivor reported was a cabin boy, and I understand he just died in your hospital.
7: Gee, uh, uh, yes, but under most unusual circumstances, Senor Dollar. That's exactly
2: what I wanted to know.
7: Also, Senor, there are some things he told me earlier that I think you ought to know. Doctor,
2: I'm on my way down there to Tijuana to see you. <laughs>
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. Location, San Diego, California. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Jolly Roger Fraud. $460,000 worth of palatial yacht gone down to Davy Jones's locker. Expense account item 9, 40 cents, telephone call. To the hospital in Tijuana, from a phone booth at Coast Guard headquarters here in San Diego. Because of the knack Paula Zanagian seemed to have for knowing everything I did, everyone I talked to, even on the telephone... I was afraid to let my call go through, even the Coast Guard switchboard. But before leaving for T01, I checked with Jan Penny and talked briefly again with Lieutenant Smith.
5: You mean you think Zenegin had somebody put that cabin boy out of the way before you could talk
2: with him, Dollar? The doctor only said that he died under unusual circumstances. But yes, that's exactly what I think. What's more important right now is that apparently the lad told the doctor a thing or two before he died. So I'm going on down there. You want to use my car? Well, Zanagian seemed to know I was going to use it before. He'll probably expect me to use it now. So you better give me a rental car, have it delivered to my hotel service entrance under your name. Okay. Zanagian made no bones about it when I talked to him. He's having me tailed. And he'll probably try to do the same thing to me that he did to Bert Parker once he's sure I'm trying to block his $460,000 claim. Dollar? But me? I aim to stay alive until I can not only prove his claim of fraud, but see him sent up for murdering Parker and the lads who went down with the Jolly Roger. Dollar, why don't you get the police in on this with you? If your life's in danger... Uh, I want to do it alone. Hey, one more thing. Yeah? You're sure that Zanagian needed money? I thought from all I've ever heard that that international racketeer was loaded. According to the papers, both Holland and Switzerland locked up his bank accounts
5: just within the last week or so. That's why he needs a pot full of cash to get over there. That's why he sank his ship so he could collect from your insurance company.
2: Yeah. Accident. Some mechanical failure. Is that what he said? Uh huh. Something to do with the electrical system, to use his own words. But if the cabin boy was the only survivor of the explosion, and he didn't talk to anybody. Except this Dr. Hernandez I'm going to see. Right, then how could Zanagian know what made his yacht burn and sink? What's your guess? (laughs) Expense account item 10, $50. Deposit on rental car. On the way back to the hotel to pick it up, I kept looking for somebody that I could identify as the tail Zanagian had put on me. But if he was there, I couldn't tag him. And as I drove the few short miles from San Diego to Tijuana, I began to wonder if maybe I was just too small fry for Paula Zanagian. Shipping magnet, munition maker, international spy to bother with. Nonetheless, I still kept an eye out for a familiar face, or more to the point, for a familiar car that might be following me. Midday traffic on the big broad highway was astonishingly sparse. A handful of tourist-type cars loaded with families on the way across the border for a quick look-see at Mexico. A handful of movers who were on their way to see how far and how long their American dollars would keep them in favorably exchange Mexican pesos. Some smart Cadillacs, some of them towing outboard runabouts and filled with eager-eyed fishermen. And the usual run of trucks, big trucks and trailers. The boys who made a living behind the wheel, the best drivers on the road, wherever they were loaded with goods for transport between states or countries or what have you. I drove fast, I drove slowly, and I still didn't see any car that might have been following me. To make sure, I took off on a gravel side road, drove a mile or more, and waited. Nobody followed me. So I finally gave up and went back to the main highway. At the border, I asked the guards where the Corazon de los Hongales hospital was, drove the car to it, parked in back, and asked the first nurse I could find, and I should have stopped right there because she was beautiful... Asked her where Dr. Hernandez hung out. Hernandez spoiled a beautiful romance in the budding and led me into his office. Oh,
7: uh, Pleased to sit down, senor daughter. Thanks, Dr. Hernandez. I'm so glad you've come. We here at the hospital, I must confess, were somewhat concerned when the fishermen brought in the poor young cabin boy who survived the wreck of the. What was his name? Jolly Roger. Yeah,
2: that's right. Zanagian couldn't have picked a better one. So? Jolly Roger is the name of the flag that pirate ships used to fly, skull and crossbones. I suppose you know.
7: See, uh, I know. He was a glorified pirate preying on the whole world. I'm a student of history, senor. Modern as well as ancient. In his small, selfish way, I realize that Polo Zanagian has looted the whole world. A dangerous man. You say you were worried when his cabin boy showed up. Because there was a man who called and wished to visit him. Insisted on it. Oh? see, but of course, because of his condition, we could not permit it. The explosion of the ship had done a great deal of damage to his small body. When he was brought in here, I could see that immediate surgery was necessary to save his life. Well, go on, doctor. So I operated... And as I did so, realized that divine providence would permit me to save the life of this poor unfortunate. My operation was a success. But you told me over the phone that he died. We are a poor hospital, and usually we're not able to provide such things. But I appointed a special nurse to look
4: after Doctor, him while I, I
7: ordered that man who would not give his name but who insisted on seeing him be kept away. Doctor, you said... However, two hours ago, the nurse left him only for a brief moment and only to inform me of the remarkable improvement he'd made. Look, and doctor... When I entered his room, he was dead.
2: Look, doctor, I'm I'm sorry if you lost your patient, of course, but you told me over the phone that there was something unusual about his death. That's why I came down here
7: have lived. He would have lived, senor Zola. Yes, I know. Except that... that someone got into the room with him during the brief moment he was left alone. Got into him and killed him with this. What? what is it? A knitting needle? I think so. He would have been well again, senor, but he was killed. Murdered.
2: Have you told the police about this?
7: See, si, and they are... What you call uh, at a loss, oh brother?
2: Well, how do you think I feel?
7: I was going to tell them what I knew about the unfortunate boy when your telephone call came. Then I decided perhaps I'd best talk to you first. Well, just what is it you know about him? It is what he knew about the sinking of the boat, the Jolly Roger. See. Sí. Thanks to adrenaline and other stimulants I administered even before we began the anesthetic for the operation that saved his life. Only it didn't stay so long. See. He regained consciousness long enough to talk with me. He talked a great deal. Well?
2: Well, doctor, what did he tell you?
7: My notes. I get very careful notes in this drawer. And...
2: What is it, doctor? What's the matter?
7: The, the, the notes I had, they're gone. Gone? Here. I kept them here because I knew they'd help to solve the crime of the sinking of the ship. Well, what did this boy tell you? Notes or
2: no notes, Doctor? You must remember something of what he told you. Well,
7: see, uh, yes. Well, what? That he'd seen a strange device taken aboard the ship. He was young and curious, as all boys are. Yeah? Uh, that only the captain of the vessel had handled it and taken it to the engine room. That he had inquired about it and been told to mind his own affairs. What kind of
2: a device was it? Did he tell you?
7: Like a clock, he said. Huh? A clock on a large box, like an alarm clock. It was set for 2.35. Two thirty. He hold everything. That was the time the Coast Guard patrol plane saw the explosion. I knew that.
2: Why, go on, Doctor.
7: That, Senor Dollar, is all.
2: I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like Zanagi and one of his men are both planted a time bomb in the engine room of that yacht. See? Si. No. Now, wait a minute. Yes? If the captain knew about it. Hey, look, Doctor, the U.S. Coast Guard reported that the only survivor was this cabin boy. Now, surely the captain wouldn't have let himself get blown up.
7: No, he would not, except for one thing. Yeah? And I tell you only what I know from the cabin boy. Oh, yeah, what's that? This trip. Was a test before the ship, uh, the yacht, was to go on a long trip. It had many new d- d- devices on it. Uh-huh. You know? A large, tall mast for what you call a radar. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on. The captain, when they reached a point of the Coronado Islands, ordered a small boat put, uh, how do you say, o- over the side. Yeah, that's right, go on. But in doing so, the mast, the radar mast, fell down and the captain was struck by it.
2: Therefore... Doctor, doctor,
7: now listen, listen carefully.
2: Tell no one you've talked to me. Tell your local police, if you like, what you learned from the cabin boy. Report it to your coast guard or whatever you have to do down here in Mexico. But don't, under any circumstances, let anyone know you've talked to me.
7: I do not understand, senor.
2: You wonder where your notes on the cabin boy are? Well, if you ask me, he's an Aegean and is looking them over right now.
7: Impossible.
2: Nothing is impossible with a guy like him. Now, what I'm getting at is this. I'm a marked man, doctor... He's after me, and he'll be after anybody who tries to help me. C- cannot believe it. Well, you'd better, if you want to stay in one piece, so take no chances. I don't think I was followed down here, but I may have been. If so, your life is in danger, same as mine. So please, watch your step... until I can pin whatever it takes on Zanegian to send him up for life. Oh, this is
7: fantastic.
2: Yeah, sure it is. But outside of you and a girl named Jan Penny and... Doctor, may I use that phone of yours for a call across the border?
7: Well, of course. Here. Thanks.
2: Hello? Hello, operator, I want to call Coast Guard headquarters in San Diego, California, Lieutenant John Smith. You know something? Your Mexican operators speak as good English.
7: Hello? Yes, thank you. You seem alarmed, Senor Dollar. Are you Doctor, sure? I just hope
2: you find no cause for alarm before this mess is over. But I say it again, watch your step. The mere fact that you've talked with me that... Hello? Oh, where can I reach him? Well, sure, I'll talk to anybody there at headquarters... Hello, I'm I'm calling, Lieutenant John. I see.
7: Thanks. What is it, Mr. Dollar? Lieutenant Smith is dead. What?
2: A hit and run accident. About an hour after I left him.
7: Watch your step, doctor. See? Si. And you too, Senor Dollar.
0: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, some real help from two close friends.
2: You know, close enough to kill. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Sergeant
5: Franklin, San Diego Police, Homicide. Oh, thanks for returning my call. What are you doing in Tijuana?
2: Following a lead on the sinking of the Jolly Roger. What else?
5: I still think that yacht was sunk by her owner, Paula Zanagian.
2: You're not alone, Sergeant. Listen. Yeah? Bert Parker of the insurance company was suspicious. He held up the claim, so he was killed, hit and run. I know. Lieutenant Smith of the Coast Guard was helping me with the case. Now he's been killed, also hit and run. We know. We're working on it. Jan Penny, who was Parker's secretary, is helping me too. Get it?
5: I get it. I'll assign a man to protect her immediately. Good. But, Dollar... Yeah? What about you?
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: <laughs> expense account submitted by special investigator Johnny Dollar. Location San Diego, California. The Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Jolly Roger Fraud. The sinking of a palatial yacht of that name and a couple of murders connected therewith. I thought I was going to Southern California for a vacation. You know, a couple of easy weeks at La Jolla, sitting around in the sun, doing a bit of skin diving maybe even some personal investigation to see if the publicity pictures of the contents of some of those bikini bathing suits were really true. But I ran headlong into what looks like a very, very fraudulent insurance claim, $460,000 worth, claimed by an international troublemaker named Paulus Zanagian for the loss of his yacht, the Jolly Roger. Only the crew were aboard when it headed out toward the Coronado Islands on a test run, a tryout for a lot of new radar equipment. After a big explosion that caused the Jolly Roger to burn and sink, only one man came back. I told what I knew about him to Sergeant Franklin at San Diego Police Headquarters.
5: And then the poor lad died there in the hospital in Tijuana, huh?
2: Yeah, but not until he told the senior medical a couple of things that make me surer than ever that the owner, this Paula Zanagian, planned the explosion and sinking. Evidently, Sergeant, the captain took a time bomb on board. And let himself get blown up with a yacht? Now, look, darling. now not that easy. He'd have been able to get off before the time bomb exploded
5: if he hadn't been hit over the head by a falling radar mass. Oh, oh, I see. But what I don't see is why Zanagian had his ship blown up in the first place. Well, if you've read the papers, you know that the Swiss and Dutch governments have put all of Zanagian's funds under lock and key. Oh? Yeah.
2: In spite of the millions Zanagian has made off his international arms smuggling rackets, his fomenting of revolutions among the smaller countries... He suddenly found himself without enough money to get over there and do whatever is necessary to free his money. Somebody finally caught up with this international racketeer. That's right. His credit, of course, isn't any good anywhere. Big yacht, sure. But he didn't have enough money to pay his way back to Europe, unless he could collect for the loss of the Jolly Roger. And when Bert Parker tried to stall on settling the claim... Parker didn't last long. Then I came into the picture. I talked to Zanagian. Yeah? He told me if I didn't see that his claim was settled immediately...
5: Well, he casually
2: mentioned Bert Parker's sudden demise. Dollar,
5: I wonder if there isn't some technicality on which we can hold that hey, guy. Jan Penny, who was Parker's secretary. Yeah? Jan has been helping me in the case. Result of warning threatening
2: both her and me. And you know what happened to Lieutenant Smith as a result of his giving me a hand.
4: Have
5: you got somebody keeping an eye on Jan? I'll get Tommy Golden, one of the best men on the force. Good. And he's smart enough to keep her from knowing he's watching over her. Fine. Things have happened so fast
2: since I got here that I haven't had time to check thoroughly with her on the background of the whole case.
5: Well, it really shouldn't be too disagreeable a job, Dollar. Huh?
2: I've seen her. What's your next step? Well, first, what progress have you made in finding out who ran down Lieutenant Smith? Same
5: story we got when your friend Bert Parker was run down and killed. Yeah? The few witnesses just weren't on the ball. In each case, it was a black Buick sedan, 54 or 55. Nobody saw a license plate. You mean there was none on the car? Apparently not. Traffic division's going to have something
2: to answer for. Unless the license plates were hidden just during the time of the... Well, murders is probably the right word. Possible, probable. So forgive your traffic detail.
5: Needless to say, we're checking every public garage in town and every car in the streets. But beyond that... Dollar, we're just as sure as you are that Zanagian himself is behind all this. He's not only a man, he's an international organization. Oh, brother, don't tell me. For all I know, you're one of his boys. Oh, now, wait a minute. He's known every move I've made since I
2: got here, almost before I've made it. When he met me outside Coast Guard headquarters and tried to stop me from going down to One, I thought, heaven help me, that maybe Lieutenant Smith was one of his boys, until Smith was killed. He's had somebody on my tail every minute since I hit this town of yours. I'm sure of it,
5: but I can't spot him. Dollar. Yeah? We feel the same way about Zanagian that you do. We know that wherever he goes, he has... Well, it sounds corny, but call him henchmen hanging around with him. Maybe it's just one or two, or maybe it's a dozen. And we've tried to spot him, but no luck. Certainly none of the crew of the Jolly Roger were among them, or he wouldn't have let him get blown up. Or maybe he doesn't have any little helpers. Maybe he does everything himself.
2: You yeah, know, it's funny you should say that. It was he himself who took out the policy on the Jolly Roger. It was he who personally made the claim. It was he who drove his car around to meet me at Coast Guard headquarters. As a matter of fact, it was... Ah, that's impossible. Can you tell me why? Oh, because he alone couldn't have known about my coming out here, my every movement. He'd be crazy to drive the hit-and-run cars that killed Parker and Smith. And after all, there were a couple of husky characters standing around quietly in the corners of his penthouse suite when I called on him.
5: One of them, six-foot-two, black hair, and a scar from his right ear nearly to his chin? Yeah. He's been watched every minute he's been out of Zanagian's hotel room ever since they got here. A short, heavy-set, wormy little man. That's right. Him, too. We got nothing on him. Except that we know they're working for Zanagian. What's your next move, Dollar? Oh, if I had any sense, I'd
2: do what I came out here to do. Have myself a vacation over in La Jolla. Forget this whole thing. Let the insurance company pay the claim on the Jolly Roger. Let Zanagian get out of the country and forget
5: it. You'd be able to forget the threats on your own life, Dollar? Yeah, and I'd be able to... Hey, wait a minute. What about Jan Penny? I told you, I'll have a man looking after her. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I guess the best thing I can do is take her over to Bert Parker's office, have her open the
5: files, and see if I can find something there to get to work on. Incidentally, Dollar, she drives a black Buick.
2: I hate to say it, Sergeant. Have you checked it out? probably shouldn't have thought what I thought about Jan when I asked that question. I was sorry I had when I reached her apartment a few minutes later. Who is it? Johnny Dollar. Oh,
3: Johnny, I'm so glad. I was worried about
2: you. Has something happen, Jan? I
3: was worried about you. That's all. When you told me you were going down to Tijuana alone, well, I was worried about you. Oh,
2: thanks. Hey, look, Jan, let's get down to business. Did you go down to the office uh, this morning?
3: Yes, I took a cab down there right after breakfast and spent the entire day.
2: Uh-huh. Were the files on Zanagian's policy on the Jolly Roger intact?
3: Well, yes, why do you ask that?
2: And nobody bothered you there?
3: No, except... Except what? Johnny, it's the reason I'm so glad you're here. What is? All day I've had the feeling I'm being followed. I'm. Well, maybe you are. Because of the warning over the phone, the one I told you about.
2: And you still don't know who it was?
3: No, but Johnny, the warning was for you, too if you don't lay off this case.
2: Is that the way the voice on the phone put it?
3: Yes, and it threatened me if I helped you.
2: Look, Jan, you want to back out while you're still in one piece? You know what happened to Bert Parker when he tried to buck Paulus as an agent?
3: I I loved Bert, Johnny. He was the kind of man you are. Honest and good and... Oh, Johnny, why don't you get out of this case? Pay him off, anything. But don't risk your life on it, too. You really mean that, don't you? Oh, you're fine, and... Don't you see this madman, Zanagian, will stop at Nothing to hurt the people who oppose him. And if you keep on... Even
2: if it means forgetting about finding out who killed Bert Parker?
3: Yes, Johnny, yes. If it means putting your own life in danger, settle his claim, anything. How about you? I'll go away. I'll go somewhere else and try to forget the whole thing. Oh, Johnny, listen to me. I'm listening. It isn't worth it to take the risk you're taking...
2: Jan, it's my job. But why should you worry about me?
3: Because I, even if I have only known you a few days, I, I don't know. Maybe it's rebound. Maybe I'm acting like a baby. But since Bert was, oh, Johnny, I'm so alone and I'm so lonely. Mm-hmm.
2: Jan was a very pretty girl. Soft, warm, lovely. We had a drink or two and talked about a lot of things. The kind of things I'd planned to talk about to some charming girl on the vacation I'd planned but wasn't having here in Southern California. I might even have forgotten about cleaning up the case and going on to La Jolla.
3: Why don't you make the company pay them off, Johnny? Forget it. So you and I won't be in danger from this man.
2: Suspicion. Why can't a guy relax and enjoy a situation like, Jan? Uh-huh. Come on, honey.
4: Hmm? Look at
2: all you. I got to get out of here. Hmm? Look, I've got a hunch, and in this crazy business of mine, when you get a hunch, you better act on it.
3: Oh no, Johnny! Tomorrow. Oh no,
2: honey. Look, I'm I'm going down to police headquarters. Johnny. The one thing I haven't checked on the one person who was connected with Bert Parker. But
3: police headquarters this time, and I don't know. Jim Franklin.
2: He said he'd be there all night.
3: But can't you check? Sorry, Jan. Leave me here all alone?
2: You come with me. We'll grab a cab and go down there together. Oh,
3: all right. Then we'll come back here?
2: Depends on when I find out.
3: Then I'll wait for you. Only why don't you take my car? It's right down in the parking place just outside the building. Okay, sure. Here, I'll get you the keys.
2: How'll I know which one is yours?
3: It's an old black Buick in parking space five down there. It's just had a new paint job. You can't mistake it. Here.
2: Okay, Thanks. Jan, didn't you say something about taking a cab down to the office this morning?
3: Because of the fresh paint in my car. It was so foggy this morning. I wanted it looking nice in case you wanted to use it. Ah, you're a rascal.
2: See you later. I kissed Jan goodbye for the time being and left. I hadn't the least idea in the world of contacting Sergeant Franklin at that time of night. But I had to think this thing out... Suspicions, pure and simple, about a lot of things that might explain how Zanagian had known my every move since I arrived in San Diego. Yeah, that was it. Get out on the road in the fresh air alone and think of it. The black Buick was parked in the lot in Space Five, all shiny in its new coat of paint. Yeah, new paint that might cover up any marks a hit-and-run killer made. I was about to close the door, turn the switch, and take off when I noticed that somebody, the car painter perhaps, had left the hood open. I stepped around to the front of the car to slam it down when my guardian angel, or whatever it is, told me to take a good look inside. I'm glad I did. Glad I'd noticed the hood partly open. That I hadn't turned on the key. Because wired to the ignition was a bomb that would have blown me to kingdom come.
0: Now, here's our star to tell you about the final intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the wind-up,
2: where the obvious becomes only too obvious. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Hello? Johnny Dollar. Uh, Johnny? You sound surprised,
2: Jan.
3: Well, uh, yes, I am, dear. I thought you were going over to police headquarters.
2: I changed my mind.
3: Then you didn't need my car, after all. No. Are you coming back here to my apartment? Johnny?
2: After I take a little walk. As I told you, I've got to think this case out... and I can't very well do it wrapped up in your arms... Oh, can I?
3: Why don't you take a drive along the shoreline in my car?
2: Want to come along, Jan?
3: I'll uh, I'll wait for you here.
2: Yeah. See you in a little while. Much sooner than you think, baby. <laughs>
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours
2: truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Expense account submitted by special investigator Johnny Dollar. Location, San Diego, California. To Universal Adjusters Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Jolly Roger Fraud. Including the loss of a palatial yacht and a couple of murders. Expense account item 12, phone call. And one thing I didn't tell Jan Penny was that I was calling her from a booth right on the ground floor of her own apartment building. Another was the reason I changed my mind about borrowing her car to drive to headquarters for a talk with Sergeant Franklin. Although I'd gone out to the parking lot and climbed into her car all right. But as I was about to insert the key to start it, I noticed the hood wasn't closed down tight. That saved my life. For wired to the ignition, I found a booby trap that would have blown me to kingdom come if I'd even turned the key. After hanging up on Jan, I hopped upstairs to her apartment and pressed an ear against the door.
3: No, no, he didn't. Because he just phoned me from somewhere outside. But he said he's coming back here, and I tell you, you'd better come over here. No, no, he just said he's going for a walk. I can handle. All
2: right, all right. I went back to the first floor to the phone booth and called Sergeant Franklin. You think Jan Penny's in with Zanagan on this whole deal? Tell you this, I don't like what I think. Look, Sergeant, I'm going back upstairs to talk to her again. Uh, talk, did you say? Yes, talk. I'm going to lay it all out to her, tell her what I suspect and why. If I can break her down, okay. If I can't, well, I misjudged her.
5: Lucky stiff. Huh? I've seen her, Johnny boy. What's
2: that supposed to mean?
5: I hope you have misjudged her for your sake. What? Reconciliation. What a lovely way to spend the rest of the evening.
2: Look, you
3: dope... Go
5: to it, boy. And happy hunting. Who is it? Johnny? Yeah. My, that was
4: a
3: short walk. But I'm
2: glad. Are you? Or are you sorry I didn't stay away longer so you could get some help? Help? Sit down. Sit down, Jan. I want to talk to you.
3: Oh, how masterful. Here?
2: As you know, I didn't borrow your car after all. Sit
3: next to me, darling. Let's continue from where we left. Because
2: fortunately, somebody goofed left the hood partly open. Oh,
3: sir, Johnny. That's why I
2: discovered the booby trap that would have gone off as I turned the ignition key. Oh, sir,
3: Johnny. I... Booby... What are you talking about? That's why
2: you didn't hear the expected explosion right after I left you.
3: Oh, no. Then they are after me, too. The warning over the phone. If I didn't stop helping you in this case, they... Oh, Johnny, what'll I do? Johnny! For
2: one thing, take your arms back to yourself... What? And move over to your own corner of this couch... So I can pull a gun if any of your pals suddenly... Oh,
6: my dear Mr. Dollar. Sir I fear it's too late. Artis here will pull the trigger if you so much as move a hand toward your gun... He's an excellent shot.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he is.
6: Awkward coming in the service entrance, but I was concerned lest your phone call in the lobby might have been to the police. Now, here now, permit me to take charge of your guard Just a minute, and I can... Yeah, thank you. Oh, yes, uh, this is Artis, the man I've had following you since your arrival here in San Diego. You don't recognize him, dear boy? Yeah, I keep him
1: from seeing me. Never know I follow
6: him. Oh, yeah, yeah, Artis, you've been pretty good at it.
1: But as long as we've
6: been introduced now, why don't we shake
2: hands? Go hey, back,
6: or I should. Oh, Andy would, my boy. Andy, I believe you call it a silencer, would obviate any undue noise. Wouldn't you be happier if he did pull the
2: triggers and again? But I wish to talk with you, dear Mr. Dahl. I don't think we have anything to talk
6: about. Oh, but we have. You see, dear boy, I'm curious to know why you suspected Jan here of complicity in our little plan. Lovely girl, isn't she? Pretty obvious, isn't it? Now? Oh, forgive me. I realize in a situation like this, it is usually the detective, or in this case, the insurance investigator, who at the point of a gun extracts a confession from the, shall we say, criminal. (laughs) However...
2: Okay, okay, I'll tell you apart from the threatening phone calls, which nobody but Jan seemed to know about. Terrible
6: story for her to make you up. You warned me what? in the
2: beginning you'd have somebody tailing me while I was here in San Diego... to make sure I didn't spoil your plan to collect some 460,000 insurance... in that yacht you burned and sank out near the
6: Coronados. Quite so, right, quite right. Uh, but I must ask you to be brief in case that phone call you made was to the police. You see, with only Artis and Jan left of my staff and crew... I I can't very well afford to... Sure, that call was to the police. That's why I'm trying to stall you with a lot of talk. (laughs) Thank you. For if that were true, dear boy, you would never admit it. But do continue. All right. I've been followed before. I know, or at least I hope I do, every trick in the book for dodging a tail.
1: Too good.
6: Artis, you shouldn't admit he got away from you.
1: Yeah, too good. But now I make him sorry.
6: Artis, please... I wish to hear more from Mr. Dollar, and I wish to speak to him. As a matter of fact, dear Mr. Dollar, there is really no need for you to continue. You are a very intelligent young man. Oh, thanks. You realize that no one but our little Janet could have provided me with all the information I had. Your coming out here to investigate the sinking of the Jolly Roger. your touching deathbed scene with Mr. Parker. Your conversations with Lieutenant Smith of the Coast Guard and... Oh, she did dispose of him quite well, didn't she? Jen.
3: Who else, Johnny? Who else could have run down Bert Parker without leaving him? Well, you ought <laughs> to have your
6: neck. Artie, no, no, no. Artie, please. I wish to talk with Mr. Dahl. No wonder you insisted I drive your booby trap car tonight.
3: Really, darling, I'm glad that you didn't. Because if you'll listen to Yes, you'll...
6: dear boy, listen to me. You are intelligent, as I said before. You even learned why I am in immediate need of funds so that I may finance a return to Europe and free the money of mine that has been frozen there. Millions, dear boy. And as the lovely Janet will attest, those who work with me, share with me.
3: It's true, Johnny. Regardless of his reputation, when it comes to the people who will work with him, Like the
2: crew of that yacht and whoever else was working with him?
6: He admitted that only you and this trigger-happy character here were left... Oh, tools, my dear boy quite unlike the the intelligent colleagues such as yourself and Janet, whom I wish to to keep close to me. Oh, artist boy, that means you better watch your step.
1: What do you mean?
6: Nothing, artist, nothing, nothing. My dear Mr. Dollar. Yeah,
2: yeah, I get it, I get it.
6: All I do is report that your claim should be paid, and I'm on your team. And you will never regret it. Not only money, more than you ever dreamed of, but... uh, Janet, Janet, my pearl. You do like our Mr. Dollar, do you now? You dirty robber. Oh, get back.
2: Right.
6: You admit you sank the Jolly Roger
2: yourselves in again. Was, of course. And all the men who went down with it. Uh, what had to be done? Even had a little to... cabin Oh, noise.
6: yes, yes, dear boy, yes. Both he and the crew on the Jolly Roger were in danger of upsetting my plans. They had to be eliminated. But you, dear man, please, do not stand in my way. Much as I like and respect you, if you do... You will leave me no choice but to eliminate you, even as I had to rid myself of Parker, the Lieutenant Smith, the cabin boy. Look, sonny, again. What if I were to say, "Okay, I'll go along
2: with you"? Ah uh-huh. To say the least, it would get me out of this present pickle I'm in.
6: Uh-huh, and much more. I still wish that gorilla of yours would aim his gun the other way. Oh, Artis, I think you might relax a bit for the moment.
1: But I watch you.
6: Go on, dear boy. Okay. What kind of assurance do you think you'd have that I wouldn't double-cross you? Uh, there is the factor of fear. Fear? Oh, my dear, dear man, don't you see? The choice is as simple as this, and the choice is yours. You either accept my offer now, or you accept a bullet from Artis Gone. And the latter I would regret exceedingly. Not only because of you. I like you but because it would mean temporary interruption of my plans, a quick trip across the border to avoid being found when your body is discovered, and, and the necessity of devising some other means for attaining passage to Europe. But far more formidable problems have been overcome many times. Dear Mr. Dollar, I do not wish to have to discuss this further. So tell Sinegian, me... again, I have good news. Yes? For me, not for you. You mean you refuse? No, dear boy. No,
2: I mean you aren't going to have to discuss this any further. You won't be able to. But, my dear... Much as I'd like to tie up this case with a big fancy ending, a real dramatic tagline... I do
6: not understand all you, All of your
2: long-winded confession a minute ago might just as well have been stated in court. What? As a matter of fact, you'll probably hear it in court, word for word. I do not understand. You and this homely trigger man of yours aren't the only ones who know about the service entrance of this apartment. Policy. What do you mean? You may as well give up quietly because the gentleman standing in the doorway directly behind no. you... ...is the Sergeant Franklin of the San Diego... Oh, no, you don't, Artie.
5: Sergeant. What a mess. Better tie up this gorilla, boys.
2: Okay. I'm glad you took the hint and came over. You know my call was being listened to.
5: Oh, I kind of thought so. Well, no more in. Dead? Yeah. By a slug from this big monkey's gun.
2: If I'd known he was that bad a shot, I might have tried to jump him earlier. Come on, Artis. Up.
5: After the way you hit him, he'll sleep for a long time. Where?
3: Johnny. Huh? Johnny, listen to me.
4: Oh, shut up.
2: (laughs) Expense account item 14, 217.50, hotel in San Diego, incidentals and plane fare, back to New York and Hartford. Expense account subtotal, 523.23. I'll give you the rest when I finish my vacation in La Jolla, the one you promised me. Remarks? The fabulous crooked empire of Paulus Zanagian is kaput, the same way it happens when every man who tries to break the rules of international law and order. He might almost have called it death by his own hand, though, of course, little Artie will be made to pay for it. Jan, same thing, I guess. Ah, why do they do it? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: here's our star to tell you about next week's exciting story. Next week,
2: vacation and a beautiful romance that turned out to be a prelude to murder. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny
5: Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote this week's story. Heard in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Forrest Lewis, Paul Fries, Jane Novello, Harry Bartell, Don Diamond, and Victor Perrin. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.